So anyway, I did not do any rewatching. Okay. <laughs> and that is problematic because I remember almost nothing about the first episode, but that's okay. I'm sure you know everything, so I'll just let you <laughs> take that. Well, I have more notes for the control. first one, surprisingly. Oh, interesting. I have very few notes for the first one. So Gosh. this week we are covering two episodes because we missed one week due to lots of unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. So we will be covering episodes, hold on now. 15 and 16. Yeah, 15 and 16. And we're going to start with 15 and we'll get to 16. And we're going to try not to overlap them too much. And that's just how tonight's going to go. Yeah. Plus, I think episode 15 was kind of a standalone so i don't think we'd need to they're really... all kind of standalones true and we, and we can get to that but yeah there's not a whole lot going on that's contiguous this season so. when you're right you're right <laughs> love being right <laughs> this is i <laughs> let's watch it i'm lisa and i'm dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary She's Beauty and she's Grace. She's Miss Teen Riverdale. The annual pageant is on, featuring the only six female students Riverdale High has to offer. Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, Tony, Midge, and Evelyn. You'll notice we didn't mention Ethel, and that's because Alice has decided that she should not be allowed to compete due to her unsavory history. You know, that whole thing where her parents got murdered and she was briefly a suspect because one time she drew a picture for a comic book that was a bit violent. But Ethel catches a break when Midge is forced to drop out after Alice discovers her pregnancy, and Betty convinces Ethel to take her place. The girls all threaten to drop out of the competition unless Hal and Alice allow Ethel to compete. So Ethel's in the running to become Miss Teen Riverdale. They also fight to eliminate the swimsuit portion of the pageant on the grounds that it is gross and sexist, but also because of the very valid point that school principal Featherhead and school psychologist Dr. Worthers are the judges on the panel for some reason. Ew. In the end, Alice announces Ethel as the winner, even though Betty got all the votes, mostly just to spite her own daughter because if any one thing has remained constant in this ridiculous show, it's that Alice Cooper is a stone cold bitch. More on that next week. So this was the Little Miss Riverdale. What was it? It was like Miss, Miss Teen R- Riverdale. Miss Teen Riverdale. Yeah. Miss Teen Riverdale pageant, which whatever. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this because basically the only female characters we're aware of are all participating <laughs> and no one else is. <laughs> the town has no other girls that yeah. age. Right. We've lost Tabitha. She's somewhere and is not involved in She's any in of the this. ether trying to fix this timeline, apparently. That's where she is. Uh, I mean, we can only hope because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like anyone's doing anything. But, and Alice, of course, is running this and she's all excited because it's going to be live on their TV station or whatever. And she's enlisted Ethel as her little minion to help her organize the pageant. Kind of like payment for living at my house. (laughs) Right. Yes. After that whole posturing of like, you're my daughter now. But it's also very Cinderella-esque, I feel like. Because she's just like, you can't go to the ball and you can't join the pageant because of your tragic backstory. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) It's like the worst excuse for that I seriously because the weirdest thing is that i would assume that they wouldn't want her to to be in the pageant because she's a larger lady and that's what i thought does not fit the beauty standards but no and i actually do believe alice when she says that it's because her parents being murdered would draw negative attention to the town yeah her parents being murdered her working with the comic books and being involved in that shit being sent to sisters of quiet mercy she's got a fucked up scenario and you know that just looks bad right for the town like what as though Riverdale needs any help. <laughs> None of these girls have morals that fit whatever the... Seriously. You know, yeah. and 
that was the whole discussion and the whole backing of anything Alice said was basically like, you are going to be the face of Riverdale and you have to, you know. Right, an ambassadress, which, by the way, not a real thing. What the fuck? And we don't even really know what her powers are. What is, where, how is she actually involved? Does she get to sit in on like city council meetings or something like that? Because there doesn't appear to be any sort of government in Riverdale except for Clifford Blossom that she could be participating in. So I don't quite understand but they have some good prizes for the beauty pageant um those were sick prizes um a car right a hollywood screen test and Uh a scholarship to any college you want which is interesting to me so like if you don't have the grades to get in somewhere would they still give you a scholarship or do you have to get in i don't know because you get a full ride to harvard Right, like based off of betty's reasoning for initially not or no when she finally decides to go along with it Mm -hmm. Alice is like, well, you don't need the scholarship. You're going to get an academic one anyway. And it's like, Mm -hmm. not the point. The other two come with it. I thought it was like first place, second, third place. Yes, or like you pick one. Like you just get to choose one of them. No, but but they get all of them. But that's wild. wild. Yeah, so in the beginning, Betty has some pushback on this whole thing, which I found very interesting. Just given her whole rebellious nature, I found her reasonings for not liking this competition and all of that just inter- like I don't know I found it weird I found it weird that anybody was protesting against a beauty pageant on the sort of ethical standards that we do today mm-hmm. because I really don't think back in the 50s anybody was saying this is sexist and this is yeah this is this is like ridiculous to have women doing this when they got the the swimsuit part removed. That was interesting. I found that very It's weird. definitely stuff that maybe would have happened in later decades where there was more of a feminist movement, but I really don't think there was very much of that going on in the 50s. I could be wrong. I'm not a history student, but I feel like given the time period, I just don't think that anybody was really keyed into that whole debate of this being a very sexist institution no you're right and especially this season alone and what we've been given so far of what the 50s and i'm putting that in air quotes because whatever yeah we're out of time and space here (laughs) yeah what the 50s is showing us and we're only given little tidbits of the real life scenarios that took place in the 50s so to throw this one in just feels like okay you're reaching now because the stuff they try to add to the storylines to just make it like politically correct is yes it seems like they literally put this episode in just so they could address this issue of feminism and also with ethel and but like but they didn't even address the fat shaming or no any of the potential i'm ugly so i can't be miss team riverdale (laughs) They didn't do any of that. And it's just like, isn't that what this is really about? Are we going to really pretend that it was about her parents being murdered? Listen, Alice is so rude. All types of fucked up. And she it is really, a cow. Between the both episodes, <sighs> I just have a lot to say about her. But I don't have anything to say anymore. I feel like I've said it all. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I mean, we've really addressed <laughs> our feelings about her. But yeah, so again, there's really no major plot to this episode except this fucking competition. And they go into it with all of their reasons for why they're doing it too. So like Tony's doing it because she's the first, you know, it's integrated. So she has to represent. Which interesting that they didn't really object to her being 
part of it. I thought that would be more of the issue at hand. Right, yeah. At least Ethel's white. (laughs) Yeah, Ethel's white. (laughs) Cheryl has to do it because her dad's one of the judges, which gross, but okay. Oh, yes. Worst judging panel ever, by the way. Oh, the worst. I object to the swimsuit competition on many levels, but especially the reasoning that I think Veronica gave when she said, like, it's literally our high school principal and our school psychologist who is judging this competition. Like, yep. that is gross. <laughs> right off the bat, it's like, yeah, I don't need them seeing me in a bathing suit. And especially Dr. Werther's, because no. he's got feelings for Betty that... Yeah, we, we know he's got his own <laughs> complex. So. We don't need to add to that. Yeah, right? So then we have poor Midge, who... Isn't it even showing? This right? bothered me so much. <laughs> but she couldn't zip up her dress, Dawn. Good God. So, and this has been the longest pregnancy ever. By the way, I have no idea how much time has passed since we arrived in the 50s. Right? It feels like an eternity. It does. But it's apparently only been like a couple of months. <laughs> I No, I feel like we went through the whole school year and Midge is still not showing. So I know. There we go. I thought we were just dropping that whole thing. And then they're still like reminding Fangs. By the way, Mitch is pregnant. You got to You got to be famous soon. And it's like nothing's happening. With I that. also love that that is the excuse. And he has to like, that's the only way her parents will. Approve. Right. He right. has to be famous. And he exactly. has to. <laughs> and they'll totally accept him once he's a big superstar, which but like he's got to pick it up because he's not doing shit to get to that end. I think he's adorable in this. Like, he's concerned for her. And then she's like, listen, after I have this kid, I'm not going to be able to do shit like this anymore. And he's like, all right, then you give it your all. Like, he's really (laughs) cute about it. You go out there and be the prettiest pregnant lady in the entire school. But when they were doing the fitting, and I'm, like, standing there, and I'm like, she turns to her side, and I'm like, if only (laughs) I was like that. What the fuck? I literally have that belly now. It could look like a pregnant belly if you you were in Riverdale, I guess. (laughs) And then Alice, of course, has to basically call her out on it and tell her she's, like, disqualified, which I find so messed up. Yes, but I love when she tells the rest of the girls and Betty's like, oh, my God, is she she dead? dead? (laughs) Did she die? Why? Because the wording, what did she say? She goes, she's no longer with us. And she's like, did she die? (laughs) And, like, the fact that that's where Betty's head went first is just hilarious to me, like... This isn't even the Riverdale of murder that we're familiar. I mean, besides Ethel's parents and like right. the milkman. Can we just? Uh, no, I can't go there. I, I mean, I'm re- kind of intrigued by where you're. No, going. I just remembered Brad Rayberry suicide, but not really suicide. And like, we just dropped that. We're not they doing dropped anything it. with it, and it makes me so mad. They dropped it because the killer apparently is gone, so it doesn't right. matter anymore. And the killer, their identity didn't matter. There was really nothing to that. Oh, my God. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could. Sorry. No, it's okay. So, yeah, so Midge is eliminated. Veronica, I don't really know why Veronica's participating. What's her horse in the race? I think just because it's going to be televised and it's good. (laughs) Oh, she said because it's good publicity for the Babylonium and that. Oh, sure. Okay. (laughs) Because typical. Yeah. She just wants the attention. Let's be real. Yeah. So, yeah, so once Midge is eliminated... Betty kind of goes up to Ethel and is like, how come you're not a part of this? Right. Because Ethel starts crying on her dress. I felt so bad. This was the Cinderella moment that I was thinking of. She's like helping them get dressed and is like pinning their, you know, hemlines and stuff. And she just starts sobbing into the taffeta. And and Betty's like, are you okay? She's like, totally cool. And it's like, you're obviously not. Yeah, you're not good. Yeah. So Betty does have a conversation with her about why she's not allowed to participate Ethel feeds her the same bullshit that Alice was feeding her. And 
that he's like, this is unacceptable and you are going to participate, which good for her. And she yeah. gathers the other girls and basically is like, let's all agree that we're not going to participate in this pageant if Ethel is not allowed to participate. And they basically strong arm Alice and Hal into allowing Ethel to compete. Yeah. So that, that was kind of nice. That was nice because clearly there's no other girls in Riverdale and she's the only one that could take <laughs> Exactly. Over. And there had to be six of them. Had to. For whatever reason, like they couldn't just leave that slot open. <laughs> and it's so funny as they're doing their rehearsals or whatever, they're doing like the posture thing. And I'm like, I would be out posture alone. I know. I know. And we got to hear some of the talent. I mean, like we got to hear oh what my some God, of the yes. girls did for their talents. And I'm actually glad we skipped most of them because apparently Betty read the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> what the fuck? When I heard that, I was like, okay, she's not even trying. She's not I, even trying. Seriously, like, did she do a dramatic reading or something? Like, what? what is that skill? What was it that was it the last episode where they all had to act out a scene and she was told she did such a great oh. job? Maybe she oh, worked yeah, off with of that. Archie. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe she should have read something from like a, I don't know, a literary work or something. It just, I don't really get the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Maybe the Emancipation Proclamation, because that's like a little bit more free the slaves and free Ethel. I don't know. Free Ethel. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag free Ethel. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't, I don't remember what the other ones were. That's the one that jumped out to me the most. I, and I forget the one that Veronica did because they the boys mentioned it. I loved watching the boys watch. I thought that was pretty fucking funny. That was kind of cute, yeah. We, we get to see Ethel's, though, because she sings a song, obviously. Like, God forbid we don't have a musical number. I was blown away, to be honest with you. <laughs> She's good. When she sang in the musical episodes before, you know, I think she has talent. She's just never been prominent enough in the cast that she gets... A role. Doesn't Clay say we should have done it about her? Yes. The play, the musical about her. And I'm like, actually, yeah, that would have been way more fucking interesting. And I did cry during her song. Oh, wow, Dawn. It was powerful. Week for you or something? Because I don't. No, I just felt like it was a great, like, original song. And even the guys were like, whoa, the pipes on Ethel. Like, I thought it was just really cute them supporting her. So I think the combination of all of that, I was kind of like, aw. I don't know. I, I felt kind of like their adoration of her was a little disingenuine because none of these guys have even glanced at Ethel. No one has really cared about her. And True. all of a sudden they're like, oh, Ethel's a hottie and she's got pipes and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you really think that though? Like... Well, I feel like they found something they didn't know about each of the girls while watching this kind of deal. They didn't, ex- like, it wasn't shown expressing mm-hmm. each girl or whatever, but I think them watching it. I mean, Jughead's reaction, even, I think was one of those of, like, a light bulb goes off. Which, by the way, we skimmed over, like, one of the saddest things ever, which was when Ethel was imagining winning the pageant. Yes! And uh. has this whole fantasy about her parents still being alive. And not only does she win, but she gets to have Jughead as her boyfriend. And he's just like, mm, you were always my number one gal. And she's just like, ah. I was just like, oh, no, this is like very upsetting. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty sad. much, I think, where the tears came from. Because it was a combination oh. <laughs> of that and then her singing the song. And I was like, oh, wow, this is fucking depressing. Yeah, Ethel has a sad a sad life here. She's almost as bad as Kevin in some ways. With, uh-huh. um, getting sidelined and then also being given very terrible, like, 
when they finally get storylines, they're mm-hmm. all very sad and depressing. So this culminates basically in Ethel winning the competition, which wasn't really shocking <laughs> to me. No. But it's shocking in the way that it happened because Betty didn't tamper with the votes. It was Alice who, you know, fucked things yeah, up. Yeah, surprising. Hate this bitch. I know. And and God forbid she does anything from the goodness of her heart because she basically just does it to, like, spite Betty. <laughs> and it's like, oh. It was smooth, though, I will say. Because the way she, like, pulled the card out of Hal's hand, right? it was very smooth. And I'm like, thank mm-hmm. God she got it at that point. Because Hal was just going to be like, oh, my God, Betty. And it's like, yeah, because Betty was really the one that was the winner. I mean, that Gettysburg address, man, she slayed it. Sold them. Sold <laughs> yeah. them. So I can you remind me why Alice did it? Because I feel like I don't... <sighs> The reasoning didn't make sense to me at the time. And so I think I just completely forgot what she said. But it was something, I don't know, because she didn't want Betty to win. Was that it? Hold on. I, I want to look this up now because yeah. that is we, we should to... be able to tell people what we're talking about. We're just talking <laughs> <Right>. around it. <laughs> okay. It says Betty joins her mother at the dining room table where Alice reveals that it was actually Betty who won the pageant. Betty's confused. So Alice explains that maybe she truly believes the pageant could change lives, even a life as broken and hopeless as Ethel's. <laughs> or maybe she simply didn't want Betty to win, but she'll never right. know for sure. It was probably the first thing. <laughs> the broken and hopeless thing. Wait, it's uh, right. It says even with all of Betty's do-gooding and grandstanding, Ethel would have lost and her life is better now because of Alice, who wants Betty to remember this regardless of what happens next, which is fucked up and... Yeah, I mean, it's just classic Alice. She didn't want Betty to get credit for actually doing something good. It's always for her. Like, look at how amazing I am. So it's like a change of heart. It's really not. I mean, it's... Like, I guess at some point she just wanted to get ahead of it. And, you know, maybe she thought that Betty was going to rig the voting somehow or or do something drastic. And she figured she would just let that happen in her own way instead of having Betty take all the credit. But I don't know. Either way, it's fucked up. Alice sucks. Alice does suck. And all I kept thinking about, too, was like, were there's watching Betty? He definitely got like a half over the table. No, when stop. they panned, Why? sorry, when they panned <laughs> to the judges, though, I was like, fucking three stooges over here. Like, why them? It's it's so I know. gross. I, they're the only men. And I, I think I have another note on that in the next episode, which I'll mention when we get there. But they're the only power authority figures in Riverdale. And it's very annoying. But also, like, I don't know. I feel like the whole pageant thing is, I know it's just the town. But isn't it funded by, like, state? Like, couldn't they have state Dawn. officials? I don't know. What? Why am I why? thinking so yeah, much? Why are you going there? <laughs> I always do at least one episode. Like, at one point in an episode, I'm like, you know what? They could be a little more thorough here. Trying to make it real, and it's just not. It's, it's not. So one more quick thing I have to mention. Uh, actually, two. So, the first thing is that at some point... They basically act like they invented birth control because somebody's like... That was amazing. There should be a pill that girls can take to keep from getting pregnant. It's like, oh, okay. So are we just saying that Veronica invented birth control in the 50s? Yes. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Yes, we are. She invented plan B. (laughs) At the very end of the episode, Betty's reading through her, um, her girl next door mail. Oh, yes. And 
all of the signatures, all of the names were great and were... so obvious. <laughs> when she said Edith Cups, I literally cackled to the point where Alberto looked at me and he was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that was the best one because I'm like, ha 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 mugs. Like, yeah, I just... yeah, right, exactly. But it was all that ridiculous. Fucking... The only thing, the only one that was like kind of okay was Monica Posh for Veronica because we know she's used that alias in the past. But everybody else, it was like, <laughs> an obvious, obvious point of their life that they had a name for and it was just Edith Cups Edith I Cups I can't okay I had yeah. actually forgot that Betty was doing all that too like yeah well because that once again has really come to nothing because she's just reading these letters but like nothing's nothing's happening so okay yeah but that that was that was that episode yes <laughs> with that said let's move on and to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. In case you thought we were done being horny, we're not, and this week's pornocopia of an episode proves it. Julian Blossom cuts a deal with Veronica to screen a skin flick, but things go sideways when Betty realizes that the porno star is a very familiar face, her sister Polly. Betty calls up Polly in New York City immediately, and Polly tells her that she's doing fantastic and is loving her life as a famous burlesque dancer, Polly Amorous. To prove it, she makes the journey to Riverdale and inspires Betty with her free and easy attitude. Betty and Veronica ask her to perform a burlesque show for the girls of Riverdale as her celebrity persona, and the event is a big success. Betty confronts Alice about how she shut Polly out and refuses to acknowledge her happiness and success, and Alice basically tells her to fuck off via a slap to the face. Classic Alice. Meanwhile, Archie and Reggie go on a bi-curious journey together that culminates in a threesome with known sex worker slash predator, Twyla Twist, and a heartfelt exchange of I love yous while watching the sun come up. Also, there's some comic book drama censorship litigation going on, and it's all very stupid, but it brings Jughead and Veronica together again for some reason, and they hook up despite it being a relationship nobody wants. So this was a pretty horny episode Holy yet again. shit. <laughs> I don't it's... know what it is about the 50s, but man. <laughs> Everyone is so repressed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's going on in this show. And actually, something Alberto said to me, because he watched the first episode with me, but not the second. But after he watched the first episode and it ended, he turned to me and he said, so what's the point of the show? And I was like, exactly that's a great question especially this season i wish i could tell you like i could tell you what it was three seasons ago but now i have no clue so (laughs) your guess is as good as mine so this episode basically starts off with julian blossom bragging about this stag film that he has received from a friend i can only assume brett over at Stonebridge Prep. Stonewall. Stonewall Prep. Stonebridge. Where am I going? Stonebridge. Stonebridge. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> Wait, can I backtrack really quick? Yes. The episode starts with the writing meeting, the writing club meeting. Oh, God, with Mrs. Grundy? With Mrs. Her. Grundy. I know, it's horrible, but I had two points to make. One, Archie's facial expressions towards her are so corny and, like, horned up his admiration is you would think it was like the cartoons where the tongue just rolls out yeah like, or it's just looks. got like stars in his eyes mm-hmm. he's just like, like oh my god and uh, of course clay is in this meeting as of well. course goddamn clay and they're reading this poem called how 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 something like that and clay brings up this literature group from the 50s called the beats and i'm sitting there and i'm like no you are wrong the beats are the greatest band of our generation 
I'm such a fucking weirdo, but I was like, the first thing I thought of was like banging on a trash can from Doug. And I'm like, those are the real beats, but whatever. But yeah, no, Clay, of course, is the one to go much deeper about it. And all yeah, he's of, like, like, you know, all these guys were kind of gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all they right, had families, cool. but they messed around. And, and you're just like, just... and you're watching Archie watch him. And you're like, he is so in tune to this that I'm scared. And Archie, and Archie like, he just has no idea. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, he doesn't fucking get it because he's such a nerd he's such an ostrich where his head's in the sand and he even says it to mrs grundy he's like i'm a square like i don't have anything to talk and it's like well that's pretty much true and so he decides he's gonna have to go have some experiences in order to be able to write more effective poetry which like i support but at the same time like the experiences he has in this episode are (laughs) Hmm. questionable to say the least so back to Julian. Yeah, back to Julian and his porno. So he has this reel. Stag film. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's literally a reel, a film reel, and he needs a projector to play it, whatever. Clay and Kevin try to steal a projector from the Babel Babylonium. Babylonium. And you know what's so funny, like to watch this film, like everything was like, Okay, I'll get it for you if I could come. Everything yeah. was if I can then come. So Right. Everybody wants to see this thing. Yes. So Clay and Kevin are like, we'll get it for you as long as we can come. Okay, great. So they try to sneak it out of the Babylonium and Veronica sees them. And she's like, you know, you can watch your wrestling videos here. And it's just like, oh, like, no, no that's is that not... what they do? <laughs> is that their date nights? That's they come to the Babylonium nights. and watch gay porn. <laughs> oh, my God. And then she's like, well, I'll let you borrow it as long as. Or no, you could watch yeah, it here. Yeah, you can screen it here. As long as I, I can come with a gal pal. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my god, you have to bring Betty. Like, Betty is gonna explode if you don't and show really her is. something. She needs her own row in the back. Yeah. But, like, this whole idea is very creepy to me. Like, it's a whole gathering of people to watch a very intimate kind of movie and like is everybody gonna get turned on and have a weird orgy like what's the it reminds me of those i don't know if they have them anymore i don't think they do but it's those theaters for that specifically the one where Wee herman got caught do you remember that whole story no um <laughs> obviously don't. the actor alan rubin not <laughs> not Wee right. herman himself in character no there was a theater i think in the city and it was meant for like you know just to watch porn, gay porn. I, I don't know if it was just gay porn, but he got caught jacking off and it was public indecency and he got arrested. Yeah. But I, mean, I feel I just, like there I, is a I, concept I, out there where that is a thing. So it made me think like, oh, wow, she's going like mainstream. And but I feel like, way oh, sooner. No, I don't think that's necessarily mainstream. I think this had to have been taboo in the 50s. Uh, definitely taboo. But if, it, if we're talking about Veronica here, she's going to try to make a dime off of it. Yeah, that's eventually, I, I, if the yeah. story continued, I could just see her being like, you guys could do this all the time, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, I just I find it just stir, especially to be like the only two girls in like a sea of men who that, are like literally there to get their rocks off. Like, mm. yeah, that was that was uncomfortable. Don't love that vibe, especially so, what comes of this. Yes. Yeah, so Veronica rolls this movie and it turns out that the starring woman in this film is Polly Cooper. And Betty is fucking horrified and tells her to turn it off immediately. Rightfully so. 
Yeah, I mean, yes, nobody wants to see their sister do that. So it leads Betty to ask more questions about what happened to Polly. She wants to call her and be like, hey, did you know that people are watching you have sex in Riverdale? (laughs) Or anywhere at this point? And she finds out that Polly actually left home and instead of going to be a, a dancer on Broadway, has become a burlesque performer and a very famous one. Which was like a weird twist. Yeah, Veronica was like baffled that. Yeah, she was like, name... you know, polyamorous. <laughs> what a name! What a name! Yeah, somebody really patted themselves on the back for that. Oh one, yeah, somebody got sure. paid the big bucks for that name. At least it didn't start with a P and end with a P, like you know all all the other names. Mm-hmm. Polly Pussy. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Polly Peaches or something like that. <laughs> whoa, you went straight for the. <laughs> Wasn't there a gang person named Peaches at some point in the in the Pretty Poisons? Maybe. God, you're that you're going way back. Oh, uh, you know my rewatch. It serves me. I well. know it oh. does. So yes, yeah, so so Polly Pussy. <laughs> yeah, so Polly Pussy comes to visit, <laughs> and she basically tells Betty, like, I love my life. I love my job. I wasn't actually okay with people watching that porn movie that was made of me but like also i tried to collect all the copies i don't know how she fucking did that so here's the last one yeah um, <laughs> destroy yeah that. it's not like a magazine on a freaking newsstand like how are you finding where all these movies are and also she you know hal and alice know about it know that she's a burlesque dancer right and has tried to invite them to, and they just want nothing to do with her, which is really fucked they up. They went to one performance and they left, like, right. immediately. Yeah, so that's sad. And Polly also says, I'm engaged, by the way. And it's just like, oh. To Langley Huggles, <laughs> a stockbroker. <laughs> what mean, kind of a fuck? Uh, they lost with Langley Huggles. They're like, we gave you polyamorous. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done for the day. We got nothing else. <laughs> I used up my that's one, one paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. God. So so yeah. So Polly's actually this is the my favorite version of Polly that we've ever seen. I feel like this Oh is, yeah. I was This is her niche. She's I doing was great. Super happy to see her not like depressed with children. Yeah, and dealing with a death, like dead fiance, and being also sent- being dead in a trunk of a car. Yes, like that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is like a good scenario for her. Good for yes. Polly. Happy ending for Polly. Yeah. So she, Betty, and Veronica get this idea. They want Polly to perform, do her burlesque performance only for women, women. at the Babylonium, and this leads to a musical number that I found upsetting (laughs) i didn't like it but also the interchanging between betty of betty imagining herself being the one doing the performance i felt like betty was better at it she was better at it i think polly was fine but i don't think she took enough clothes off for it to be called a burlesque performance no i mean she was in a floor-length gown and like put the Put the strap down she, a little yeah, on the she side. Took, she took off her her um, fur, like, stole kind right. of thing, and her gloves, and maybe oh, yeah. her shoes. But that was it, and she was just wearing a, a dress. And it was like, mm, this was not burlesque. No. <laughs> but, but nice try. And then, for some reason, we intersperse Alice Singing into this musical and number. And this 
pissed me the fuck off too because it was another of those trying to feel bad for Alice scenarios. And oh uh, yeah, we don't. We don't. Um, it does. was her basically looking at old flyers that I guess Polly had sent her of her performances or ones that maybe Alice had seen and cut out and kept like secretly. I don't know. I Because I just put with Alice's singing part, you did this to yourself. Like she's yeah. singing a what was me kind of. And mm-hmm. it's like you're the one that fucking excommunicated her. That's your problem. She also just shouldn't be singing. Like, I don't know why this why this number that went didn't off, need to be off in, stage intertwined like, <laughs> there i you know how much i hate that and so like i yelled at my tv i was so mad you're so funny you know guys you know how much i hate this don't ever like, fucking yeah do it you again. know how much i hate this riverdale come on anyway th- so i lost my train. so alice and hal don't come to this performance mm-hmm. and polly is basically like all right well fuck them i'm going to continue living my fabulous life and then Betty goes home. She fucking gives it to Alice. The fucking best scene. Colleen, I've seen. this should have been her monologue for the teen, right? teen Riverdale. <laughs> Just giving it to her mom straight on stage. Oh my God, so good. And she was basically just like, fuck you. You're not supporting your daughter. And for that reason, she's totally out of our lives. I blame you for all of it. She's like, she's engaged. You mean to tell me you won't want to be at your daughter's wedding? Like, you're causing all this is- all these issues for no reason. I'm going to support her. I'm going to be there for her. I complete. And guess what? I want to do it, too. And, like, kind of throws it mm-hmm. in her face. And it gets to the point where slap her around the world. Alice slapped her! Slaps her. And I'm like, this was such, like, a Mommy Dearest moment. Because that scene of Mommy Dearest, she smacks her and she comes back with no regard. And it's just kind of like... Don't care. Betty comes back with, wow, took you long enough. Basically, yeah. She's like, I thought I thought you would have done that a lot sooner. And honestly, it, it goes to show because, like, I was shocked by the physical violence. But I almost feel like everything she's done prior to now was more hurtful than the slap. Like, the slap almost seemed to just kind of put the final nail in the coffin for Betty. Right. But, like... The damage has already been done. The slap was just kind of one last exactly. piece of evidence that Alice is just a horrible person, a horrible mother, and has no redemption. It bothered me because, like I had mentioned about the last episode, that she goes from, no matter what her motive was, behind the whole having Ethel win or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had a decent heart-to-heart at the end there, at the table. And Betty tells her, like, I, I love you. You know, right. like there was there was a nice moment there. And I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. fucking work with that, Alice. Like, why can't you just learn from this? And then it's like 10 steps back and we have this. And it's like, you know what? If you weren't such a fucking C word all the time, <laughs> you'd have more love from your daughter. But you just keep pushing right. her away and you wonder why. And you, then you sing these stupid fucking lines randomly in the middle of your living room. I know. I and cry about it. I'm telling you, like, the real villains of Riverdale have always been the parents, Mm -hmm. with very few exceptions. The scariest things, and honestly, in Hal's case, most literally, (laughs) because he was also an actual villain. But these parents are so abusive to their children. They really are. There's no good role models. No wonder these kids are turning out so fucked up. And it's just nuts that it, it came to the violence part, you know, like... Yeah. She was getting it enough vocally and, you know, mentally and emotionally that for a slap to happen like that, I was I was pretty surprised. It was harsh. So 
that's the one side of this episode. And then the other side is Archie and Reggie's misadventures of horniness. So after the screening goes bust, Julian comes to them and says, hey, I got another flick. You guys are going to love this one. And so he sends Reggie and Archie off with one of what I'm assuming is Clay and Kevin's favorite (laughs) wrestling video. Yeah, he rents it to them for $2. He's like, you can watch it in the privacy of your own home. Here's the projector here. You know, enjoy, guys. And their, oh my gosh, their excitement for this, I was cracking up. So ridiculous. Like, over the top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when when the video starts, they're just like, oh, um, maybe this is just the beginning or something. Or, you know... We're, the girl will show up eventually and it's just the dudes and they're like oh and then they have this like weird conversation afterwards like so that wasn't terrible <laughs> right well even while it was on they're like maybe we should just leave it on a little longer maybe a girl will show up and yeah. then like they're just kind of like mesmerized by it yeah right they're curious yeah and then even like the after effect of them laying in separate beds just talking about it they're yeah they're super curious and then the next time that they attempt to watch a porno, the projector literally explodes. Goes on fire. So, yeah, so they're just not having the best time. And this prompts Archie to suggest to Reggie that they do something a little bit more drastic. And they literally go to, I guess... Twyla Twist, yeah. Riverdale's only sex worker, Twyla Twist, who is once again soliciting sex from underage children. This woman needs to be arrested. Yeah. We don't know what goes on in that room, but they both go in with her. They both go so, in. That was funny, too. She's like, is it one at a time? Or are you both coming in? And they yeah. both kind of, like, give a look at each other. Like, um, I guess, like, we're scared. We're just going to go in together. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, see what happens in there. So God only knows. But they watch the sunrise together the next morning. How romantic. And they tell each other that they, they love, love each other. other. <laughs> like, what is this show? <laughs> I was literally like, what? What am I watching? I know. Like, like I get there, like, mind. probably delirious after whatever happened with Twyla. And then they've been up all fucking night just to watch the sunrise. So they're like, because you could see in, like, Archie's face he was fucking shot. But, like, yeah. also he's like, I love you, Reggie. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, I love you, too, man. They're just, like, had a very bromance kind of moment there. It was, it was cute. It was cute, but it was weird. Like this yeah. whole show, this whole season has been so weird. And then we must also talk about the other ill-advised relationship that occurred in this episode, which is Jughead and Veronica. Why? Why did this happen? Only thing I wrote about that in my notes. Actually, I barely wrote about any of Jughead's issues this episode. Oh, yeah. I did not care. Because <laughs> um, I'm over it. Like, can they yeah, fucking drop so it already? Yeah, so over it. So over it. But the only note I wrote is, like, why are we forcing couples? Right. In all caps. I'm and like, this one, which, fuck? like, very clearly did not work the first time. Why are we doing this again? So the only reason that they're even together is because... Payment Jughead for is- her services. Yeah. Jugman. Jugman. <laughs> Jugman. I, I, I'm honestly, like, I can't talk. I'm so mad. So, <laughs> Jughead is Jugman. once again embroiled in some kind of litigation with the comic books and what's legal and illegal about their whole enterprise. And so once again, they go to this panel, which has been assembled and it's, it's the Dr. same three Werther's, fucking people, Clifford Blossom, Principal Featherhead and a nun 
from the fucking Sisters of Quiet Mercy. What the fuck is she doing there? She doesn't even know what a comic book is. And can Seriously. we just like, again, can they worry about something fucking else? Something like, you else. know, who Anything murders yeah. people in the town? Like, let's right. work on that. Suspicious deaths. Yeah, no, we're not. We don't care about that. We care about comic books. So Veronica gives him legal advice, essentially. Because she's an attorney somehow. I really don't understand where she got this reputation of being a really good business person slash deal maker because her businesses have all been a fucking failure. She went from being this Hollywood starlet with no idea what the fuck a small town was to now being like the town's go to for legal advice. Right. I, I don't understand. No, yeah. she And again, she's 16, just like, or 17, just like the rest of them. So, nope. like, everybody needs to fucking calm down. She's not so much more advanced than they are. But I, like, I really didn't take notes on the comic book stuff because it's just the same old bullshit of them mm-hmm. being like, we're, uh, oh, they want to do a censorship code, basically. And that's what was confusing to me because, and in my notes, I'm like, what the fuck is the system of government here? Because who, who is this code applying to? Just Riverdale? Because if it's just Riverdale, then they could sell their comic books anywhere. And like, and that's what they were threatening, that they wouldn't be able to send them, sell them anywhere. That they Right. Like, so like the entire United States is going to be bound by this. So Riverdale. Code. Yeah. Riverdale is the be all end all for comic books and the distribution. Right. And it, and it makes sense then that three white men or and none from a small town should decide the fate of comic books for the entire country. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Great. So that's what's going on with that. And we don't give a goddamn shit. They even threatened, what's that comic? The duck one? Oh, God, what was the duck one? But they threatened that one. They're like, that one you're not even going to be able to sell. And we're like, what the fuck, man? Shut up. Are you oh. reading? And then, like, you even see Clifford Blossom. Like, he's not even, like, he's staring out the window or, like, staring at a wall, whatever the fuck. Yeah, he's like, and, like he's barely in on that meeting. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> then why are you even letting this happen? Like, it's clearly not. What are we gonna get? We're not gonna get anything from this meeting. No, but like, they like, keep uh, pushing the comic book issue. I know. So this all culminates in Jughead and Veronica making out for some reason. It's disgusting, and I'm annoyed. So yep, that's that on that. <laughs> Will something happen next week? I don't know. I don't know, and I'm trying to even remember what the preview was about. I didn't see it because I watched online. Oh, okay. But I do want to see the synopsis. Hold on. As you mentioned earlier, these episodes feel very standalone. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of take each one as they come, and very little is actually carrying over, at least in a meaningful way. So Right. Like, you can even, you didn't have to know about the prior uh, comic book bullshit no, yeah. <laughs> While watching this, because they basically retell you everything and then go about whatever. Right. And it's always the same issue with the comic books. It's just like, we want to shut them down. And that's the same issue every single yep. time. It's like, great, thanks. Cool. But next week's synopsis episode is called A Different Kind of Cat. Oh, God. Betty enlists help from Cheryl and Tony after deciding she's going to publish her own book. Where did this come from? <laughs> Great. Maybe it's going to be like Post Secret. You remember Post Secret where they publish books and people would like send in anonymous confessions and stuff. Oh, maybe. Maybe she's going to do that with her girl next door letters. Maybe. That's the theory, guys. Veronica, Kevin and Clay host Hollywood movie star Josie McCoy. Oh, right. Josie. To screen her latest film. Finally, Archie's attempt to take his poetry to the next level doesn't go as planned. 
Oh god, um, that sounds What level brutal. are we talking about, bro? Because I don't yeah, know what, is what that? levels of poetry there are, but god. Unless he's gonna go to singing, you know, songwriting. Oh or do some slam poetry. Oh god, no, maybe No. I don't think I don't think that was around then. That sounds really well, they do it at the um the dark room. They did that Oh yeah. Whatever that was. <laughs> Unless that's what it is. He's taking it to the stage. Maybe. It sounds like it's gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> He's going to bomb. Great. Okay. So very excited for this week's offering. (laughs) Yes and no. Because again, we're at like the end and it still feels like we have forever to go. Yeah. Well, because we've just been spinning our wheels for like 12 episodes. We we haven't heard shit about the timelines or any of that. And now that it seems like we're not going back to the present day, then it's just like, oh, okay, well, then I guess we can continue to waste time for the next few episodes and then cobble something together at the last minute, which Riverdale just loves to fucking do. Right. And it's, again, with them feeling so standalone, there is no ending because there's nothing to wrap up at this point. Yeah. So we, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I, <laughs> we I, I just need up. reassurance that Riverdale didn't get exploded by a comet. Like, that's all we need to know. And then we'll just m- move on with our lives, I guess. I just want, like, an aha moment. Just something to make me feel like this is why they did it all. Maybe we'll get it, Dawn. I have very low expectations. <laughs> I'm praying as if, like, it's being worked on now, but it's over. It's done. It's the cinematic reel is ready to go. <laughs> I think we'll get something whether or not that something is satisfactory I think is the the real question they're gonna try yeah but whether or not it feels like an appropriate send-off to a show that's really been with us for quite some time and is close to our hearts even though we hate it that's the question it is we've dedicated a long time to this show and uh I, to be disappointed in the end is just sad Yes. Yeah. But, you know, we've been burned before. This would not be the first show to fucking biff it at the finish line. So that's true. And (laughs) there was one thing I forgot to mention about the last episode. Just Evelyn's role in the whole thing kind of made me laugh a little bit because I was like, there was uh, so much name calling. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's such a little twat. And I and and Cheryl went back and forth like 20 times. Just it was the best. I loved it it so much. It was fun. And then I also love when they're on stage and they all hold hands and she keeps swatting Monica yeah. away. Like, yeah, you like, are a bitch. You know you're the odd one out. touch me. Like, ugh. She was... She's the worst. And, like, uh, credit to that actress because I, as soon as she comes on screen, I'm like, I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, does your stad- dad still own a, a uh, kidney farm? I, I her No, her husband. They were married. Oh, right. They were married. That was a great Surprise! season. <laughs> that was a great season. <laughs> I miss it. I miss the organ harvesting cult of it all. I think just because cults are fascinating and to oh, yeah, bring yeah. it into like that universe just made it 10 times better. And it, yeah, it really took a left turn there with the organ harvesting. And yeah, you rocket. were like, what? Kidneys? Are you? <laughs> and the they're all on dialysis in a room like hooked yeah. up. It was the best. Oh, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Oh, so accurate. But that was your double feature. Double digest. Double digest. <laughs> Don and Lisa's double digest. <laughs> there you go. So our pod pick of the weeks, I haven't done it in a while, it feels like, is Doom Generation. Um, they are one of our biggest supporters since the beginning of time, which was, what, two years ago? Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the beginning of time. Tess and Nicole, they have their podcast. They recount films from their past that have basically doomed them and 
one of my favorite things, they're hilarious. One of my favorite things about their show, which it's not the actual podcast part, but their promos for their episodes are the best things I've ever seen. They'll take scenes from the movie that they're going over that week and they put themselves in the scene. Oh. And it's intertwined so well and I just love it. They do really great movies, lots of good oldies, 80s flicks, and you should definitely check them out. I'll provide all the links and all that fun stuff. But yeah, and us. Us, you know, we got this Riverdale shit to finish. And then September comes. And Oh my god, why why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz this heat's disgusting. It's going to break tomorrow. It's going to feel so good. Tomorrow it's going to break? Yeah, that's what they said. Wow. I'll cross all my limbs for that then because it has been... <laughs> all oof. of my limbs. <laughs> all of my limbs. But yeah, no, I meant it more in the sense that new content. So if you haven't been following our Riverdale shenanigans, you'll have new stuff to listen to. Um, and then we'll get into movies again and our favorite part. Woo-hoo. So make sure to keep up with us on X. Oh, God. It doesn't sound good. X, which is, you know, it's Twitter. I'm not going to stop calling it Twitter, but... I don't think anybody is. (laughs) But keep up with us there on Instagram, where we will definitely keep you informed of what's coming next. And is there anything you would like to add? There absolutely is. (gasps) So August 1st is a holiday near and dear to my heart. It is International Child-Free Day. Wow. Everybody, let's just take a moment to acknowledge that women do not need to have children. You do not need that if you do not want it. If you want it, great. More power to you. I have a lot of respect for all of the mothers in my life, including my own. It's just not for me. And it should be okay to say that and feel that way. And you shouldn't feel judged for not having kids. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I stand by that statement a thousand percent. (laughs) I will love on other people's children a lot. Yep. Nothing against children themselves. No. Just I do not want them for Listen, myself. I will spoil my friend's kids rotten, but that's it. Yeah, I have them. I want, I want money. I want to go on vacations. Yeah. <laughs> I want my paycheck to stay with me. Thank you very right. much. Yeah. I don't want to save for college. No. <laughs> but yes, that is that is a great day. So that is today when you're listening. Yes. So until then, that's Endgame. game.